Well, hello again, friends. Welcome to the Make 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 podcast episode. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 16 of the Make 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 podcast. Today, we have Chris on with us today of Be The Change Studios. Uh, We're going to be talking some marketing and advertising and networking and how to get the best out of the things you already have. Uh, So, Chris, if you could introduce yourself and uh, we'll go from there. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me, Josh. Uh, This is... uh I already consider you kind of a legend. So this is an honor for me to be on this podcast. Uh, Basically, yeah, I've been uh, doing video actually for about four years, which is not a lot of time. However, it's been 24 seven, 100% immersed in the craft of storytelling through video format. So it's just, uh, it's been quite a journey to me. It feels like it's been 10 years um, (laughs) as so much has happened. And uh, I actually, did not even consider myself a creator. Um, I started uh, in the whole kind of artistic journey at 30. So um, it took me about two two years and a half to even be okay calling myself an artist. I had a ton of like imposter syndrome and I thought that being an artist uh, was very elitist. It was just like all these different things that you, everybody that was great always say that they started when they were, you know, two years old and they picked <laughs> up a camera and it was just all, and I was like, that was not my story. And so I never even thought I was a creative person. Uh, I, I'm, an, I'm an athlete uh, for, first. And then after that, I wanted to be a lawyer. So I was just very analytical. And I never thought that creativity was was in me. Um, so it was really interesting that I kind of see that flourish through my love and passion for video. And I just became obsessed with how can I communicate something that I feel in my heart that I can't really even put to words through a visual medium, like, like video. And that's really how it happened. Um, and I just became obsessed with how, how to make that even better, more engaging, um, you know, for people to really, for me to communicate something and people to receive it in the exact same way that I intended. So if I wanted to make you sad, you you felt sad. Um, I want to make you happy. You felt happy. Like just being able to do that effectively, is the best thing in the world for me. So that's kind of, that's a little bit of my journey in a, in a nutshell. So I'm, I'm intrigued. I didn't know this about you. You said you, you identify as an athlete. What was your sport? Basketball. Basketball. And I could have gone all the way. Yeah. Um, I was already, I mean, I won my first MVP when I was uh, 16 years old playing against 18, 19 year olds. Um, actually, no, I'm sorry, sooner, like 13 years old I was playing against 17, 18, 19 what year position? olds. Um, shooting guard. Shooting guard. So I had a massive, yeah, the most I've ever scored on a game was 34 points. Ooh, mine was 27. Nice. Yeah. yeah, no, I loved it. And, and it was my whole life. I got a full scholarship, um, as well playing ball. And it was like this thing happened where I could literally predict my entire future mm-hmm. if I continued on that trajectory. Sure. And it was too easy, if that makes any sense. And so I, it does. I abandoned it all. Interesting. Now, it's, I find it interesting. I was, I mean, I wasn't that good of an athlete growing up, but pretty good. I mean, I had six varsity letters in high school. So, you know, did yeah. okay. Um, but I always find it interesting talking to people that were athletic. Um, they tend to be successful in whatever they pick mm. going forward because they're used to a few things. One, putting in the work. Two, getting coached. Three, seeking out not necessarily competition, but like, like when you're playing basketball, like you want to get better and you know that to get better, you have to play people that aren't you. Mm -hmm. 
and it's friendly, but it's competitive. And like, I think that mindset is such a mindset for business mm. of, I want to get coached up. I want to compete against people that are better than me. Um, and, you know, just kind of leave it out there. Like, I know I'm going to have to put work in. It's going to be hard. It's not going to be immediate payoffs. Like, I think that mindset, we get trained as an athlete very early that that's how to win. And I think we don't often get trained enough in business that that's also how you win. Mm, that's so true. So do you feel like, do you feel like your athletic career helped in any way or have you, have you even considered it? I, I haven't fully considered how it translates into, mm -hmm. into me today. I definitely do know that it has a, a big, it has to have a big part in it. Right. Cause that's my entire formative. I mean, I picked up a ball when I was two years old and I didn't put it down until I was 18. So my entire high school career and like all of my school years were going to weekends to play ball. You know, it was just mm -hmm. constantly immersed in that world. So, so I didn't even experience hanging out with friends or anything until I, until I got to college. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure I just haven't pinpointed exactly how yet. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And the other thing I'm curious about. So Be The Change Studios, what's the impetus behind the naming of that? Actually, it's really cool okay. because uh, my business partner, Raisin McIntosh, which has a very successful nonprofit called Raisin in the Sun, um, we started working together two years ago. Okay. And the reason we started working together was because I went to, it was during my years where I didn't consider myself an artist yet. And I was invited. One of the first people that gave me an opportunity on set was as a BTS shooter. So, mm -hmm. so shooting behind the scenes. And uh, her name is a uh, director, Lisa Donato, which is like super huge now. And she was the first person to give me a shot and see potential in me. And so she had, I kind of stayed in her ecosystem. She invites me to her partner's birthday party. And I'm like, literally like over here, like stressing about it. Like, I'm like, ah, this is going to be a room full of filled with all these powerful women and people who have accomplished all these things. And I don't have anything to show for it, but this little web series I'm trying to do called what the hustle and, um, that it's like terrible, right. That it's very terrible still. And, um, and so anyway, so I was like kind of debating it. And so I decided to end up going because she invited me. So I didn't want to like be disrespectful. And so I, I, I was just, I'm going to go for an hour. And in that little one hour that I was there in and out, I met Raisin. And from the moment that we met, I was like, this is the baddest, coolest chick ever. And she was like, you know, you can tell she's an alpha female, but not in an, it's just in a powerful, like I own my shit kind of way, which is amazing. It's the best type of people. And, uh, I was like, immediately that I saw her, I was like, I want you to be on my show with the hustle. And it was going to be episode four, which I stopped at episode four. And uh, and then while we were doing this episode, I'm a, I'm a big fan of quotes. I think quotes are the most are, are so powerful because it's it could be an entire someone's entire life wrapped in, into one sentence. And that's to me is just the most powerful thing. And so I always ask people, what was your favorite quote? And so on what the hustle I asked raisin, what's your favorite quote? And it was be the change mm. that you wish to see in the world by mm. a quote by Gandhi. Yeah. And so I just thought that number one, that's a very powerful quote. And when you really think about being the change, you think about, you know, that's something that you have to embody. That's something, those are actions that you have to take every single day 
to become what you wish to see. So when Raisin and I decided after two years of working together, after that, you know, we became friends. We started working together. I started producing for her nonprofit. Um, we just naturally developed this, this kind of business partner relationship. And I was just like, you know what? I, you know, going into business with anyone is, is like a marriage. Mm -hmm. And, and once you find someone that you're like, okay, I know this person's heart, regardless of their flaws. And you're okay with the kind of everything, the whole package, you, you go for it. Cause there's nothing going to be more, more perfect than that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when we decided to go into business together and we're thinking about a name, we're like, we have to make it be the change. Like it's the thing that bonds us and it's yeah. the thing that we first did together. So it made perfect sense. That's so funny. One of the, one of the things I say a lot, and if you've listened to any of my episodes, everybody has probably heard this, but I'm a firm believer in your network is your net worth, mm -hmm. right? So the people in your network that know you for what you do is your potential for net worth, right? Mm -hmm. So I can only make as much money as the people that I know have money, mm -hmm. right? That's just the percentage of that. Um, so it's so funny that, right. What, what was the reason for your name? And I didn't know this, but it's such an example of your network is your net worth. Mm. Because if you hadn't been networking, if you hadn't taken that chance to go to that one party, you wouldn't have had that person in your network. And now you wouldn't have that potential for the net worth in the business that you're trying to run. 100%. Yeah. So if, if you were to ask me what my favorite quote is, yes, it was, uh, the the person who told it to me was Professor Bremen. Mm. He was my uh, Brit Lit professor at UT. Um, and I love it. And it's um, the things that go without saying often get left unsaid. Mm. And just about if there's someone in your life that you love, tell them. If if there's something that that needs to be said, don't take it for granted. Get it out there because you never know if that's the last time you're going to see him or whatever. Um, and so that's kind of made some huge impacts in my life. I'm weird. I'll be in the grocery store. Well, not right now, but back when we could go to grocery stores, um, like I would just walk up to people and just be like, that outfit looks amazing on you. Great mm -hmm. color. And just, just walk off. I'm not trying to be weird about it. I'm not trying to be creepy, but just, I think, I think especially now we're so isolated mm. and we're all in our own little bubbles and it's, I don't know, people just want to be noticed just a little bit. You know, I, I see my wife every morning struggle to, to find an outfit. And, you know, then she goes to work and comes home. Did anybody tell her that like, oh, that looks really great on you today? I mean, I do, but mm -hmm. did anybody else, you know, and just how much empathy we can interject into the world mm -hmm. by just telling people those things that we like about each other. And it kind of raises everybody's happiness just that little bit, right? And it kind of like bounces around and reverbs around and just kind of amplifies a little bit. And I, I just, it's kind of the same thing, right? Kind of be the change. Yeah, 100%. I mean, uh, that's awesome. And it, I think that that correlates with being present and in that, and being yeah. owning that moment. Um, I'm the same way with smiling at people and saying hello. Like anybody that passes by me, I'm going to say hello. And sometimes I don't get a hello back. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, you're going to get that rejection as part of anything. And when that happens, I got to remind myself, I'm not doing it for a response. I'm doing it because I believe that if I pass another human being that's on my, it's, it's in my world mm -hmm. that I'm going to acknowledge that human being. No, I, yeah, my, for my own mental health, I mean, I work from home most of the time and you know, there's days I get down and I have to remind myself, Hey, when you're feeling down, you know, you know, be the change. Right. But 
go and tell, go and tell five people what you really think about them. Mm-hmm. And so I'll, I'll just send people texts like, Hey, I think you're awesome. I love seeing you do this, whatever. And just seeing, and then, and then they hear it and then they're pumped up and then they tell, you know, then we start a conversation and I'm like, okay, cool. Now I can get on with my day. Like it just, I kind of need that, especially now as we're all cooped up and we can't go to work with each other and we can't be around each other. I don't know. That's awesome. You know, I, I know this um, person called her name's Tiff Tyler and she's the baddest producer in LA and uh, she literally schedules in her day love messages. Really? Yes. So she literally schedules when she's doing her agenda, whatever per week, she picks the day and she's like, from this time to this time, I'm going to just send love messages to people just because she wants to be able to show that gratitude to people and show that love to people. And she builds it into her schedule. And I just think that's super dope. That's amazing. I never thought about putting in my Google calendar. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. All right. So something else I'm interested in. Sorry, as we get all like yeah, lovey-dovey. Let's do it. I, I love lovey-dovey. I so. do too. <laughs> uh, for the people who know me, I'm a big hugger. And like, I you know, want to pump people up. But um, tell me about the, the murals you've been working on. Because I see you doing like these like crazy big murals. What is that all about? Yeah. So the murals are coming from my relationship with Raisin in the Sun. Okay. Um, so they're a nonprofit that uh, focuses on beautification and restoration of urban communities. Um, we've expanded. We, when we first started, we we're just doing little tiny murals on on like the east side of, of Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and now we, we're we on uh, the Lamar underpass doing in a 10,000 square feet water wall uh, mural with six artists. And funded by the city and curated by Raisin in the Sun. And it's literally right in front of Whole Foods. So it's a prime, prime area. 10,000 square foot. Yeah, mural. that's it's insane. Think about that for a second, right? <clears throat> 10,000 square feet would be, if it was a house, it would be a mansion. Yeah. And imagine painting the entire floor of a 10,000 square foot house. Crazy. How, what kind of time commitment are we talking about? Like, so how long would it take to accomplish something like that? Because it's not overnight. Definitely not overnight. (laughs) Uh, Well, you got the pre-planning right first, because I want everybody to understand there's a big process to any, like when you get to the installation process, which is the artist painting the mural, so much had to happen before that permits, all these kind of things that had to happen. So Raisin is just a beast as far as just like she works not only that, just really sh- quick shout out to Raisin because she still has a full-time job. So she's doing all of this when she's not working her full-time job, Oof. which is just mind-blowing. But she's an athlete as well. She okay. w- she went to the Olympics and everything. So she, her athlete mindset is way beyond mine because for you to be an Olympic anything, yep. <laughs> you, the mindset is just insane. Yep. Um, so anyway, so that's a quick side note. Um, but uh, it's been taken. So we're about to be done. We're now in the in the finishing stages of it. And we started at the beginning of no- November. So it's been about a month and a half. Okay. And when it's all said and done, it's probably going to be like a month and three weeks. Um, and then I've been like basically documenting the whole process. Um, we've launched, we've released about four promo videos throughout the process. And then we're going to do one big one that en- encapsulates it, the, the entire experience from beginning to end, including the reveals of the, of the murals. Wow. Yeah. That's, a, that's so much work. I don't think people appreciate in general how much time goes into artistic creation. Yeah. Right. From idea to finding the right people, to finding the right tools, to finding the space and then the actual creation and curation of whatever it is you're making. Right. Yeah. Um, I just don't think I don't think we have a good concept of how much 
time goes into artistic creation. Would you? I agree with that. And I also, and the reason why I think one of the bar- the one of the gaps with that is that the, the reveal or the overnight, you know, when you're successful, when you're walking the red carpet, that's sexier right. than the process to get there. Right. And so what I believe is happening now is we're having a shift, right? Because the thing is perception is reality. Mm-hmm. So, and I've seen it with my own, with my own work, I can give you and feed you any narrative you want. And you'll think that that's what happened. Yeah. Literally. Right. You'll think that that's all that happened, yeah. what I showed you. Right. So by you shifting that and showing more of the process and finding innovative ways to tell that story, because it's fun. It's actually, we love the underdog story. We love to see people rise from the ashes like a phoenix. We love that process. But oftentimes the storyteller behind that process is not always communicating that in a way where the audience is like, okay, I'm going to, you know, that's, that's something that I want to consume kind of thing. So I just think that just being in things like this, you know, just constantly communicating that, Hey, that end result was amazing, but look everything that it took to get there and really reminding people when you're talking to your clients, remind them if they're looking for a videographer, but they want a cinematographer and they want an entire crew. Those are two different things. You know, we got to start communicating the expectations. Number one of what the client wants, right. If, yeah. if clients that example, but just really constantly honing that to pe- like telling that to people. Look, dude, like, yeah, that's a cool video. It took me fucking 10,000 tries to get there, you know? Yeah, I always joke. People always want the job they think I have, mm. right? Because what they see is me on set or on location taking photos. Yeah. And that's maybe 5% of my time. The amount of emails, phone calls, text messages, Instagram messages to get all the people there to do the thing is like... 50% of the work and then shooting is maybe 5% and then post-production, right? Especially with video, mm-hmm. right? Post-production is such a huge part of it for photos. It is, but not, it's not as time consuming, um, but it is time consuming. Absolutely. Um, you know, I was working on headshots and to get headshots to look clean, but not over-processed. I mean, it takes me like an hour a person. You know what? I have to give big props to photographers because to me, spending one hour on one image, Mm -hmm. that is insane to me. But me spending an hour and getting multiple visuals, sound design and doing all that to me is much more satisfying (laughs) to my time than spending one one hour on one thing. That's why like VFX artists and people that just have to do these things frame by frame. I'm like, I am not going to be that. I want to understand what you go through so I can work with you. But I don't. That's just insane work. And there are people that love it. Yeah. I mean, some of our like images that we print, I mean, it's, it's nothing for me to spend four to eight hours on one photo, Oof. just getting it, getting it right. Trying different versions, like little details, getting all the, like, I think you should talk about that more <laughs> because it's true. It's- so I do in some senses. So we have our Patreon, right? Patreon.com yeah. slash walks. And that's the people that want to see that, right? I feed mm-hmm. that in there more yeah. where it's more of the behind the scenes. I'm trying to get better about it. It's hard to be in the moment as the creator and as the behind the scenes, right? Documenter. Right. You can't be the director and also shoot all the behind the scenes, right? Those are two different jobs. 
Um, and so for me, sometimes it can be difficult to, to do that. I have to remind myself to take more stills and like quick videos to just show, Hey, this is what we're doing. This is what would into it. Um, at the very least, just to remember what lighting setup I used, right? Like, Oh, this light had a red gel. This light had a yellow gel. This was a beauty. I just remember that. So if I had to recreate it, at least I could. Um, so just at least for that, I always, I, but even when I get in the moment of creation, I don't always, that's not where my brain's at. Yeah. Like when I'm in the moment of creation, man, I'm all about it. And I forget to eat. I forget to like drink water. Like I'm, I'm totally focused. Yeah. And when I'm done, I'm starving. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done. And I, I want to eat and I want to take a nap. Uh, but in the moment I'll go, I'll go as hard as, as I can. That's awesome. No, I've, I had the privilege of uh, documenting one of your yeah. shoots. Yeah. So um, it's just, you're just such an impressive creator and it just, it it's, you put in the work, you put in the years, you put in the sacrifice, the dedication to it and, and you're doing it with your own voice. Uh, you're not trying to imitate anyone. You're, you're just, you're just Josh and you're doing it in your way and it just shows. And I'm just like, man, it's so impressive to, to see and watch your work for sure. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. For me, it's been a struggle, not a struggle. That's maybe not the right word, but, um, it's actually fun, right? I think it's fun to, to always push myself a little bit more. Um, and I think that again, it kind of comes back to the athletic mindset of, right. There's no, there's no end. Mm-mm. Like I've had people like, Oh, well, you know, when are you going to retire from this? I'm like, from what? If I had retirement, all I would do is travel the world with a camera and take interesting photos of people and places. I'm already doing that. What would I retire from? Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think the hard part is the time. Mm-hmm. I had a question last night. Uh, a buddy emailed me. He's like, Hey, I'm trying to start my photo business. He's like, I'm just not having the success. I want to get started. You know, what do I do? And I gave him some, some things and I started thinking about it overnight. And I think the hardest part is time. Yeah. Because I can tell you all the things to do, but can you stick with it long enough for those things to, to take hold? Yeah. Does that make sense? Right. 100%. And I think that should lead into this very important tip <laughs> to anyone that's trying to like have a business, a successful business at that is time management. Mm. Like you have to find what works for you. Are you creative in the morning? Are you creative at night? Like what are your, when you wake up, what your morning routine is like all of that and structuring your day is very, very necessary. I hate structure. Right. But I know that if I want to have a successful business, I have to structure my time because if not, I'm going to constantly be all over the place. I'm not going to be able to, you know, you have to have deadlines. Like, for example, today I wake up and the first thing that I do is, you know, drink my water because you're dehydrated. You got to drink that water. And the ultimate way, like the way that like I was taught is water, some lemon and a little bit of salt because you've lost about a liter overnight you drink your water then i did some yoga right stretch out your muscles you've been sleeping all day then i did a little meditation then breakfast then i'm ready for my day and if i don't do that then i'm not setting myself up for a productive creative maximize of my potential kind of day and then whether that's going into editing next or phone calls or meetings whatever the case may be you know what i mean but it's just like super necessary if you want to be successful so i love what you're saying yeah. To me, it's hilarious. Why? Because I have two small kids. Yeah. And I don't even get to focus on myself 
until I drop them off at school. Mm. So my day, wake up, drink water, turn on the tea kettle. Nice. Get get breakfast going for the family. Mm-hmm. I'm the cook in the house. Get the breakfast going, pack their lunch, get them woken up, get the kids dressed, make sure they have their masks for school, make sure their lunches are packed, backpacks are packed, get them in the car, get their backpacks in the car, get them to school. And then I come home at 745 and then I get to start my day. Yeah. And it's an hour and a half of me focused on them before I ever get a chance to do whatever I need to do. Man, that's crazy because you're in your theta state when you first wake up. So, I, so basically, yeah. So that's like the most powerful time is when you're waking up and about to go to bed. Yep. You're in your most powerful states of consciousness. So what I tell people that are like that, right? Keep it, keep some, keep some type of note keeping app close, mm. right? When do we have our best ideas, right? Before we go to bed, when we wake up in the shower, shower yeah. on a walk, maybe, right? Mm-hmm. Those are probably the four. Have something where you can take notes. Yeah. Because how many times have you had an idea for something and then be like, I'll remember that when I get home. No, you're not. No, you're not. (laughs) You'll remember for about 10 seconds, write it down and Mm -hmm. being, being diligent about writing those ideas down as you have them. Mm -hmm. Um, that's what saves me. So there's a lot of times like, you know, I'm getting my kids, I'm in my routine, you know, and so my routine is getting my kids ready for school, but in the routine of, of the motion of my hands moving as I'm moving about the kitchen, as I'm moving about the house, Oh, like this morning, I had an idea for a new t-shirt design. Mm, I woke up with it and I was like, oh, got to write that down. So stopped what I was doing, open up Google Keep. Hey, new design for make, 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 make art, make, make business, make a difference, right? Make that design. Cool. Boom. And then I'll come back to it at some point that day because otherwise, like, I don't have time to do the creation, but I do have time to do the ideation. Mm -hmm. And I don't necessarily have a routine that necessarily works to like prime me up, um, but I do have a routine that like serves my family and that's, that's a huge thing for me. Yeah. Um, being a dad, being a husband come first and having that perspective sometimes I think is better for me than trying to put all my eggs in the creator basket. Mm-hmm. Um, because then I think it's more mood swings for me. And this is for me. This yeah, isn't for yeah. everybody, but you know, on days that I book a client, I'd be really up mm-hmm. days that, you know, nothing happened. Mm-hmm. I'd be really down and having that family, having those kids that love me no matter what smooths me out a little bit. I'm pretty hyper. I don't yeah. know if you can tell. Yes, definitely. And so they, they kind of are a good anchor for me, but finding balance, right. With anything, right. Yeah. Finding that balance has been, it's been a struggle. For sure. And it's all about like, you're your own guinea pig, you know, (laughs) so you got to try it all out. You try everything out and then you find, you start finding what works for you. I mean, that's just, but you got to be moving forward always, always, always. Just if that doesn't, you're not a reader, then do audible. But if you're not an audible person then do YouTube videos, but you have to consume information, you have knowledge, Mm -hmm. like you have, it's just, it's just so necessary because that, that's how we spark ideas. That's how we we stay in touch with with the pulse of things yeah. is, is if you're in your own head all the time, you're isolated as a creator, which most creators are, and you're only focused on your own stuff. What are, you know, that's just a too small of a bubble. Your network is your network, yeah, right? So, Not only in the clients that know you, but in the other creators that know you. Yeah. Right. Cause if you have, right. If I have a project now and I'm on a project, they're like, Hey, we need BTS of all this. Right. I know who to call. Heck yeah. Right. So having that network, a lot of times when you get hired for a job, 
they're not hiring you. They're hiring your team. Yeah. And if you don't have a team, they can't hire your team. Yeah. That's very true. And that's another tip right there. BTS. Like I am so I'm almost like more passionate about BTS than I am about like the and we're main, talking behind the scenes. The not, ma- yeah. Not the K-pop. Group. No, 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 no. The <laughs> behind the scenes um, more than I am about like Kame stuff, because mm. to me, the behind the scenes is the process is what shows yeah. what it actually takes to create something. And it's so beautiful. It's like the vlog. It's like vlogging, like reality TV. Like people love to see what's behind a curtain. And so to me, I think that a lot of people especially with budgets. I'm talking now to people that do have budgets for shoots Mm -hmm. that do not budget BTS because you're losing out on so much personal equity, which is what behind the scenes is. is Personal equity is just as important as your business equity. I think it's interesting too, because if you look back, let's say on work you created three, four years ago, and half of it is what you produce, but the other half is like, who did you produce it with? Mm-hmm. What memories did we create? Think about like Hollywood photos, right? We all, we've all seen Star Wars, but what are the photos we love is all the actors on set. Yeah. Right. Like that's kind of what we remember too mm-hmm. is, you know, Harrison Ford and um, Leia, whose name, Carrie Fisher, right? Like, you know, like goofing off on set, right? That's, that's part of that creation story as well. Yeah. Um, and what's interesting to me is that's kind of a new thing. Like did, did Michelangelo like have something like sketching him? I have no idea. He probably did, but it didn't make it to anywhere. You know, <laughs> who knows? Right. Did Leonardo like have somebody like drawing him as he was doing it? You know, that could, that could be a possibility. We shall never know. But don't we wish we had it for sure. Don't we wish we had it. And him talking about his process or documenting all of that, that would have been very powerful. Right. Very powerful. And also it's just like, keep in mind, there's, there's nothing like this imprinted narrative for all of eternity out somewhere Mm -hmm. where you can refer to. I mean, the fact that I can, I can go and let's say life trailers. This is another thing that I think is very popular. Life trailers. Yes. People need to get on this, especially as creators. What is a life trailer? Think about this. Think about it like this. Um, someone, let's say that I'm interested in hiring a creator, right? Someone on the team, someone that I can collaborate, someone that I'll refer things to. Mm -hmm. And I want to get a sense of who they are. You know how long it takes for you to actually get to know someone? A really long time because you have to go through all these things, blah, blah. You have to know what their character is, depending on if they're shy or not shy. You got to be in situations with them. That that's why like being on set is like the best thing, right? Because you're on 12 hour set. You're going to get to know people pretty quick. Sure. You get to know if they're hangry or not, like all these, <laughs> all these different things. But imagine having, when you're sift, swifting through this, a, a trailer of someone's character, someone's person, someone who they are, their personality, how they work, their style, what they like, all of this wrapped into a two minute kind of trailer preview thing. That would be fucking amazing. So it's basically like a dating video for business clients. Yes, but in general, this is your about me. This yeah, is no, your about me page. Yeah. This is on your website. This is anywhere. So then the client comes and they see this. They're like, oh, this is a right match for me. Right. This is not a right match for me. Yeah. I can tell off the bat. And it just saves so much time for everybody. Because at the end of the day, we want the best clients for us. Right. We don't just don't want any client. I mean, if you're trying to do it right, at least in my opinion. Yeah. You know, I think that's true in the sense of. Right. I don't have to be the best photographer. I just have to be the best photographer in my network. 
And for the right, and for that specific client, exactly, because yeah, yeah. you have a very specific style, right? Yeah, I'm not for everybody, and I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah, and just it me- took me a long time to be okay with that, <laughs> but I'm okay with that now. Yeah, and me too. Same thing. Like I'm not I'm not for everybody. Some people just want fancy schmancy visuals, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I rather have lesser attractive visuals, but have a solid story. Yeah. I would rather sacrifice that. And that's just me personally, you know, and not everybody's about that. Yeah. You talk about quotes, Grateful Dead, Jerry Mm -hmm. Garcia, like, Hey, you know, how do you explain your popularity? You know, he's like, well, we're kind of like licorice. If you don't like licorice, you hate licorice. But if you like licorice, you love licorice. There's no in between. He goes, and that's how we are too. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, even Jerry Garcia had haters, right? It really, it really is true because like the thing that I don't, I don't agree with and I've never agreed on is that as a creator, the client like is always right. Like it's all that the client wants and everything is for the client. And I believe it's a, this is a, a, it's like a friendship. It's a relationship. Yeah. And I, you're wanting to work with me because me and my creativity and what I bring to the table and what I've spent however many time practicing and doing, not just, Hey, I want a video. Like, that's what you do, right? No, that is not what I do. (laughs) And I think I've certainly gotten into trouble with this is I've said yes to the wrong clients. Mm. Um, And and understanding yourself enough to... And the only way to get there is to burn yourself a bunch. And after you burn yourself four or five times, you're like, ah, that hurts when I do that. I should probably stop doing that. But saying yes to the wrong client... um, it's going to be painful. Yeah. It's going to burn. It's going to leave a scar, but hopefully that scar will, re- will save you down the line. Um, but having that understanding of who you are so that you can say yes to the right clients. Yeah. Yeah. But also then having that network too. So I've had people like, Hey, we want photos look like this. I'm like, that's not me. Mm-hmm. And they're like, but you know, we really like what you do. I'm like, yeah, but that's not what you're asking for. It's like, here are three, here are two of my friends that do that. You know, I'll check to see if they're available and then I can refer out to my team and then everybody's better off. The client's happier. You know, the people that I refer to are happier. Everybody has. So random, not mm-hmm. random. So there's a book called Range. We have okay. read Range. Never. Okay. Um, and one of the the main, have you heard of the, like the, the 10,000 hour to be greatest than you have to put in 10,000 hours? 100%. So this book basically says that's bullshit. He says, in some cases, that's true. For the rest of the world, that's never true. Mm. And so they give an example of like Roger Federer versus Tiger Woods, right? For golf, for chess, 10,000 hour rules works great. Roger Federer didn't really become a tennis player until he was like 15. Mm -hmm. He was playing all the sports with his friends and his mom was a tennis coach and he wouldn't let her coach him. (laughs) And he just wanted to go hang out with his friends and do his thing. And he had a range of experiences. And then he found the sport that had, and the term in the book that that's kind of the thesis of the book is match quality. Mm. So finding the clients that it, it, it's a match, right? Mm-hmm. Finding a job that's a match for you, not just for paid, but that fits your lifestyle, that fits your needs, that fits your desire to travel for whatever. Um, because things are very very rarely is it just one quality. So finding that match quality of the clients that are right for you, finding the jobs that are right for you, finding your network that's right for you. Mm-hmm. It's a fascinating book. And it's, it's kind of a, a rejection of 
the 10,000 hour rule. And so the authors know each other and they give each other shit about it. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. I, I mean, I am a big fan of the 10,000 hour rule and I, and I heavily believe in it because especially for me, I, none, none of this comes easy to me. Mm. None of this, mm -hmm. the camera, the settings, editing, the technicality behind it all, like lighting aspect ratios and positions and none of it comes easy. It's like literally like if for anyone that hates math, it's like if someone just spitted a formula at you right now and your brain just like, it starts melting. That is what happens to me with this craft. So I, that is one of the things that I have to constantly push through to even get something to look okay, you know? And so, and so that's like the challenge that I, that's my match quality for some reason. I mean, it just gives me enough of the challenge and, and, and enough of the reward after I've succeeded that it, it just works for me. But like the, the thing is that with the 10,000 hour rule that applies to someone like me 100% because mm -hmm. I will not get better without putting in the work and the practice. Yeah. And, and, and what the book is the range book, yeah. it's written by his last name is Epstein. So I hate saying it, but oh, man. I know, but he's like, don't, I'm not saying don't put in the work, Yeah, but he's also saying have varied experiences for sure, so that you build a bigger base. Right. So imagine you trying to be an artist creator at 20 versus 30. Yeah. And so what experiences did you have in that, that middle decade so that you had to say no to some things to figure out what was right for you? Yeah. But if you don't know that you said no, you know, would you go with such hardcore, right? Would you, if you hadn't had a bunch of no's, would you know this was your yes? So I just want to, want to let you, want to let everybody know here um, that from 20, from 18, when I stopped playing ball to 30, when I found my passion and my purpose at 12 years, mm -hmm. it was all just a lot of party. <laughs> <laughs> it was party. It was drugs. It was, it was just exploring. It was sure. exploring all of that. And so I do believe although how terrible that, that was. And I could have died in there. I could have so many things would have happened. I mean, it was pretty wild for a while. I mean, my mom like was afraid of losing me on a daily basis wow. um, because I was just so lost. I was so, my identity had been, you know, shattered with me not playing ball anymore. And it was like, who was I? I didn't have not one person that was like truly like creative in this space or anything. Like I didn't have anybody to emulate. It was just fucking. And you got to understand I'm coming from, I was born in 85. So I'm in that very middle. We were transitioning to computers while I was in college. So that was not a thing. Like technology was just kind of starting out. So it wasn't, you know, if I had a question, I had to ask my mom or read a book and right. who's got time for these encyclopedias, you know? So it was just, it was just this weird kind of time, generationally speaking. But when I found, but, but so that's my thing. So I do believe that th because I had those experiences to your point, yeah it allows me to be so rooted with my storytelling and be like, I'm very sure of, even when I'm not sure, I'm sure that in that moment, even if I don't know, that's, that's my truth, mm -hmm. but I always allow it to, to evolve and to be like, okay, just because this was my truth a month ago, doesn't mean that it has to be my truth today. If I found new evidence, right. To support a new truth. Yeah. That's just kind science of, is amazing. I mean, <laughs> Yeah. Science is amazing. I had this hypothesis. The data didn't support it. I have a new hypothesis. Yes. Right? Don't we go through that all the time as creators? I I always wonder. Well, I had a couple of thoughts today as I was driving down. <laughs> One was how much of the language that I use today 
let's say I speak 10,000 words a day. Mm -hmm. How many of those words are the same words I used 10 years ago? Mm. Like how much did my vocabulary change in the last 10 years? Just as a cultural thing, right? We use words, right? When was the last time you heard the word fleek, Mm -hmm. right? And it was the most popular word in the world for like a year. Mm -hmm. And so if you want another book recommendation, I love reading uh, the stuff of thought. Mm. And basically it says you can only have an idea if you have the language to support the idea. Oh, wow. Little like you can't have ideas. So like you're bilingual, right? You yeah. speak right? Spanish. Yeah, Spanish. So I speak. Hablo español. See, see, Damian. Um, <laughs> I speak some Spanish. I, you know, I, whatever. I have a minor in it. But um, there's literally phrases in Spanish you can say that don't translate to English, right? A mundo es un panuelo, right? The world is a handkerchief. What? That doesn't make any sense. And it's a phrase, idioms in particular, right? They just, they don't translate, right? It doesn't. There's not a one-to-one translation. And so a lot of times we borrow words from other languages in English, right? Because they say the thing that we can't use our language for. Um, anyway, the stuff I thought is phenomenal. That is amazing. I've, um, it's just like when Albert Einstein says, um, if it's, if you can't express it like in a simple way, then you don't understand it yet. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. It's kind of correlates a little bit. Oh, Mark Twain, my my favorite quote from him was, I was going to write you a short letter. I ran out of time, so I wrote you a long letter. Oh, wow. Right? And as creators. Yes, because you need so. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That makes so much sense. Yes. Right? I think for my wife and I, a lot of times we can't pick a movie, so we'll just watch trailers. Mm. Because that's interesting. Like, all the work goes into making a trailer, right? For like 90 seconds. Make it amazing. And we love the trailers. And then like, we don't really want to watch the movie. We just want to watch the trailers. So a lot of nights we'll just like get a glass of wine and just watch like 30 minutes of trailers. That's dope. Cause that's, that's fun. Right. But long form is hard, right? Compressing your ideas into a hard, small space is much harder than just rambling. Much harder. And yeah. that's why the live trailers are a thing. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> live trailer. I've never, I've literally never heard of that until today. So well, like, I have a new word though. So now I can think about them. Yes. Right. So I have the language now to describe that. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. It's going to be a thing. Crazy. I know it's, um, so that was, that was one of my thoughts this morning driving in was how much, how much has my language changed without me even realizing it in 10 years? Um, also I think cause I heard somebody, a song say fleek and I was like, Oh, I haven't heard that word in a while. Um, so yeah. Um, the other thing I kind of want to get to with you as we transition, Yes. um, what are, so this goes out to a lot of creators who are trying to run their business or start their business. If you had to give somebody starting out a business, like what would be, I don't know, your first two or three things that you would do, right? You kind of just went through this yourself. You know, the last couple of years you've started your own looking back now, Hey, this was great. And this was terrible. I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Well, um, First of all, what the product, right? Hopefully these are creators that are creating their own product. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, that's the first thing because you don't always, you don't always get that all the time. There are creators that are on the business side only, you know what I mean? Yeah. And they just love to work with creators. Um, but I, I would say that the biggest thing for me is before you go LLCing, before you go doing all this spending money on logos, before you go all of that, really understand what is it that you're trying to do? 
So I would say really niche down. And and mira, I'm I'm telling you, and I, my Spanish came out there a little bit. It's okay. To me, one of the hardest things about being a creator is putting myself into a box in order to be able to sell and get bigger in my business to then branch out of the box and then do whatever I want. It's like fucking backwards a little bit. Right. It but is. It, and the reason why it's and that's necessary, and now this is something that I understand that I didn't understand then, is because you can't be known for the jack of trades without proving yourself in something first. Right. So you have to first establish yourself as an expert in something, something that you do very well outside of a lot and you can differentiate, differentiate yourself from a lot of people. And then once you've kind of established that anchor, right, that that's the moneymaker, that's proven you create a formula out of that, then you can start exploring with other things. But a lot of times, the reason why we got to creators or became creators is because we just want to fucking create and wherever the inspiration goes. Yeah, no, I, I feel a lot of that. You know, what's weird for me, do you know where I first got known in photography? Mm. Running photography. Really? Shooting athletes. Like that's mm. actually where I started. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I try in one year I shot when I was starting out, I shot like 34, 35 endurance events. Wow. So, I mean, I was going to like, I mean, I was going to New York and Hawaii and all over the state shooting like ultra marathons, um, like crazy, like triple distance Ironmans. Like I was doing a lot of that. And that's, that's where I got, that's, that's where people first knew me. And in that group, those were a lot of my first clients. Wow. Which is what, so like there's a running company in town, Rogue Running. And I, I mean, I was also a runner. Um, and I've been with them for since 2006. Rogue has probably generated in 13 years, probably 20% of my clients. Wow. 20 to 25% of my clients have come. I can trace back to somebody at Rogue going like, yeah, this guy took a really cool running photo of me. You should call him to do your headshots. Right. Wow. Or, oh yeah, this person's getting married. Yeah, I'm a Rogue too. Yeah, I remember you being around. And just like having that initial group that knew me, that was huge. The other thing I, I hear you say is, right, as artists, this is going to be a weird analogy, mm-hmm. but just go with me. We're kind of like a coral reef. Mm. Okay. We grow slow, but we're always growing. But we need a structure to grow off of. And if we don't have a structure, we don't grow. Mm. And there's an impulse to say, I just want to create, I don't need a scaffold, but a coral reef does need a scraft scaffold to grow. Mm. Right. So for coral reefs, they, they sink old battleships, they sink old parts to give the reef something to grow on mm. and having that idea and having that first idea, um, to commodify yourself in some way. Right. If I went to a, a candy store, am I going to buy a box of chocolates, right? A product, right? Here's my skills in a box. Or am I just going to pick through this bin and like, hopefully I pick out the good chocolates. <laughs> right. So I need to commodify myself in some way to get people to buy me. Yeah. Now that's what you're saying, right? Like, that's exactly correct. And I'm still working on it, you know, cause I, I feel like there's like, <laughs> <Me too. laughs> there's like three or four pillars that I feel like, man, but these are my pillars in mm-hmm. a, but you still have to get, even more granular and just have that one thing that really stands out from the rest. If you want to like really catapult, and this is just, if you want to catapult, have a very successful business, go in the direction that you want, growing a team, you know, just like really, you know, be successful, which is what we want. Like 
We want to grow. We want to be able to pick our clients. Imagine a world where you pick the people you dude. When I heard that there was a tattoo artist and I don't even know his name, that he only takes applications. Like you have to literally fill out an application just to get on a wait list and then see if he's approved to like work on you. That's what I'm talking about. That's crazy. That's amazing. Like imagine you're so in demand that people have to literally fill out an application to work with you. Right. You know, that to me is kind of the dream. My question is how long of him, is it a him? I don't know. Yes, him, a him. him. You know, how long and how many delighted clients did he have to generate? Right. What's the other side of that mountain look it, like? Exactly. And specialize in, cause I'm yeah. sure he, he has a very specific style and sure. he chose a lane and he was yeah. like, this is the thing that I'm going to become very well known on. And, you know, there's a, there's another side to that door where it's like, okay, well, if you want to, if I'm always transcending, I'm always evolving, literally like growth is, I, I should get a tattoo that says growth forever or something like that, mm-hmm. because I'm constantly in search of it. But the thing with that is like, if you specialize yourself, just don't put yourself in a box, just be careful that then you can't really pivot into anything else. Yeah. I think. I think that's why I like the idea of like a box of chocolates, even though it's kind of Forrest Gumpian. <laughs> but, I mean, Forrest Gump is right. <laughs> right, but right in a box, I there's there's different flavors. Mm-hmm. You know, do you want to be one piece of chocolate, or mm-hmm. do you want to be a box of chocolate with you know a couple different skills? Mm-hmm. For me, you know, I, I do a couple things. Really, I do one thing well. That's really what it is. I know how to light. Mm. Literally, tomorrow I'm getting hired not to shoot to light. And most of my classes that I teach are lighting classes. I wrap them in different wrappers, mm-hmm. but it all comes down to let's play with light. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm able to take those lighting skills and apply them to different flavors. But at the core, what I'm known for is lighting. Even in running, this is like 2011, 2010, 2011. Even then, I was taking off-camera lighting into the woods to shoot runners. And nobody would. I mean, I was carrying like... 40 pounds of batteries before the lithium ion. These were like lead acid batteries, carrying them into the woods, lighting up a scene. And people are like, what are you doing? And I do it every day, right? I shoot on average 5,000 pictures a week, just constant. Literally, you were talking about like it being hard for you. It's hard for me too. What? Oh God. No way. If I go more than a week without shooting, literally, if I go more than a week, I'll pick up a camera and I have to like remind myself what the buttons do. What? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm like, man, how did I? Okay. Shutter, aperture. Like I have to like reach each myself every time. That I would never, ever think that. Nobody does. My, I can, I can show you like my most successful photos were because I had shot three or four or five days in a row. Mm. I had to shoot on Monday. I had to shoot on Tuesday. I had to shoot on Wednesday. I had to shoot on Thursday. Those Thursday photos are way better than Monday. This pandemic has been crazy for me. I went with like a month without shooting. And I did an engagement session. I hadn't done an engagement session in like three months. And in my head, it was my, 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 my mantra in my head was like, failure, abort, failure, abort. You're, you're terrible. Stop this. What are you doing? This is terrible. This is terrible. Like, cause I was just like screwing up. I mean, it was just, I was giving a speech and just, ah, 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 words. Ah. Yeah. Like I, I need the reps. And I think that's the hardest thing that are people that are trying to do this as like a part-time job mm-hmm. or as a side hustle. It's so hard to be a creator on a side hustle mm-hmm. because it's hard to get those reps in. Mm-hmm. It's hard to improve, right? You're, every time you pick up your camera, you're starting back from zero. It's hard to get to one and two 
when you're starting from zero again and you have to get back to one. No, for me, I, when, yeah, you, when no, you were saying so it earlier true. and I was just like, me too. It's also hard for me. That's so true. And then, then that leads into the power of momentum, you know, mm. like momentum <laughs> is, is very hard to get. And once you get it, you cannot lose it. Cause once you lose it, you got to start back up again and oh. you got to build that, that stuff up again. And it's so hard. It's so much, it's never easy. But it's easier when you have momentum mm -hmm. than when you do not. Yeah, success begets success, right? I had a successful day. I liked what I did. I'm going to have a successful day tomorrow. The hard part is I had an unsuccessful day yesterday. What am I going to do to get out of that? You know? Yeah. And that's what I talked about those love notes. For me, that's actually, I mean, it's cool you hear, to hear you say it because it's something I just do that helps me personally. But then that translates into my work. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's just I, like. It's just like being grateful or having a grateful yeah. mindset. Like you can, it's impossible, literally impossible for you to be grateful and have any other emotion at the same time. Hmm. So if, if, if I'm, whenever I get like that, cause that happens, right. Oh, I'm not growing fast enough. I, I don't have a $30,000 client yet. I haven't, you know, I'm not doing these things yet. I have to, okay, hold on. Like, what am I grateful for? Oh my gosh. I've only been doing this for four years. Like that's pretty dope. And to be where I am and everything is, I have my own place now, which I could turn into a studio. I have my dope editing rig now, which I couldn't do. Like now I can knock out three videos in a week because I have the efficiency and the power and all of that. So it's just like, what am I? And then once I start realizing, oh my gosh, all the things that I am grateful for, all the things that I do have then that just like really just makes me just happy. It just, oh my gosh, I'm grateful. I'm thankful. And it, everything else goes away. Yeah. So. No, that's true. Yeah. When you, we started and you were saying like, oh, legend. I'm like, no, <laughs> that's not me. But you are though. And whether, however you got there, whether you got there through that mountain and, and through these things that I don't know, like you have to be constantly shooting or if not, you're like, yeah. you, which I didn't know. And that just makes it even doper. I, be, I believe that that makes you even more of a legend. <laughs> Because it's true because you look at you 12 years later, yeah. right? You've been doing this for 12 years yeah. and 12 years later, and you still have to put in that effort and work to be where you're at and then continue to grow from there. So dude, if that's not legend status, I don't know what it is. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. But yeah, it's, you know, honestly, like it's never been different. Like in my head, it's, just, it's always been the same in terms of. I want to get a client. I want to knock it out of the park. I want to get a little better. And like, it's just that it's never been like, look at where I am now. Ha ha ha. I've never felt that it's always just forward. And like, there's room to grow. There's clients to delight and there's people to meet. So to counter that, to counter that thought, actually, I was watching the new Selena okay. TV series. And what I really love about like a lot of people have trashed it or whatever. There's been a lot of commentary around it. But what I really love about this show is that it shows the process. Mm. It shows everything that it took for her to get to where she is. She's at and everything that had to happen and literally doing this. since she was like freaking eight years old yeah. or something. And so um, and it really shows like how how like how insane this this journey is of trying to become something that at that scale with your art and your yeah. talent and so there was this there were she was preparing for one of her first nominations um which she was still nothing yet think yeah. about this she was nominated for one of the against the biggest contenders but she still doesn't have enough money to eat she yeah. still doesn't have 
like anything yet, which is fucking mind blowing. If you think about it, because that's already to, to a person just watching that she's the shit, right. she's already successful. Um, and then she's in the bathroom. There's a scene that she's in the bathroom with her contender, which is already very famous. And she, she said, Selena says, Hey, what, what advice do you have for me? And she was like, Oh, I'm sorry. Well, that that's a little bit different, but within the same conversation, she was like, you know, in this business, there's so much rejection and disappointment that just enjoy the little moments that you get where you're actually recognized for what you do. And often as creators, especially the ones that are constantly pushing themselves to be better, to be better, there's always something more to do. There's always something more to learn. There's always something more. And then we often forget to just celebrate and be like, fuck, man, I made it. I'm here. I've, 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 you know what I mean? This is a beautiful place to be. You know what I celebrate? I'll be very honest with you. Hmm. It's not personal success. I don't really care about that. What I celebrate and what I cherish are the people I get to do it with. Mm. To me, that's the most fun. Yeah. Like doing it by myself. Like, okay. Like I'll say something to my wife, right? Like, Hey, I did this. It was cool. She's like, okay. But to me, like the fact that I get to create memories and stories with people, mm. right? there's only two narratives. You know that there's, there's only two stories Talk to in a movie. There's only two. A stranger comes to town, a group goes on a journey. That's it. Hmm. Those are the only two stories that exist. Hmm. Try to name a movie that doesn't follow that. Oh, I'm going to have to ponder this. I'd love to hear it. Um, But for me, the cool part is find a group, go on a journey with them. Mm -hmm. And I love, even if it's a small journey of that shoot that day, we went on a journey together. Mm -hmm. And that to me is the fun part. That Mm -hmm. to me is the amazing part. Is that with a stupid little camera that's full of silicon, glass, and metal, we can transform things and we can, it's a passport to meeting new people and it's a passport to seeing new places. Mm -hmm. And that's what I cherish. Mm -hmm. That to me is like on Monday, I did a shoot and um, I, you know, I threw on Instagram, hey, who wants to come help? Like, we're going to be doing this. Two people were like, hey, can I come? Yeah, awesome. There are people that I knew a little bit. Um, one I knew a little bit more than the other, but still not much, right? Um, and everything was running a little late, so we just sat on a park bench and like pop photography for an hour. And then we shot, and we were doing some cool things with lighting, and like the model was like, "That's me," and the makeup artist put together is like, "You exceeded my vision." And so the photos were a part of it, sure, but what? what makes me happy is that like we all came together for that thing Mm -hmm. and we created a thing that we couldn't have done by ourselves. Mm. Right. We needed to have the five people that were there to make it happen because without it, it wouldn't have happened. And that's why I literally made sure to say network equals net worth. Mm -hmm. And that's part of what I'm talking about. That's why that phrase is so important to me is having that creative network of people you can call on like, Hey, how do I make this bid? Oh, Literally yesterday, somebody's like, Hey, I'm doing an order form. Is this, does this look good? And having those people you can call on, like to me, that's the cherish, right? That's the amazing, like, who do I get to be around? What fun stories do we get to create? And that's why BTS is so important because those are what we remember, right? Those stories are like, Oh yeah, that day, man, we had that photo of all us together. We created that thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that triggers that memory. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree with that. It's so necessary. And for a long time, I didn't have any creative network because I was building that network. 
And that was super, super hard. Cause you're right. You can't, when you don't have it, like, yeah, there's a bunch of groups and you can like, but there's nothing like you being able to reach out to a friend and be like, Hey, I have this issue. What was your network? Exactly. like? Like right now I'm working on a music video and there's this, I'm trying to do this thing with text and tracking. Yeah. And this it's just not working out. Adobe After Effects. I know. What's and, I, up? and I'm trying to do this thing with tracking and I'm, just, I'm having a really difficult time, but I have a really dope person that I can contact and I'm going to um, set up a meeting with him and he's going to remote into my computer and he's going to be like, okay, this is the issue that you have. And that's going to save me days if not weeks (laughs) of figuring out what's happening on my own because the tutorials they're great for the step-by-step if nothing wrong happens or they don't they don't know your clip they don't know exactly what's happening they don't the troubleshooting part of it is what the youtube tutorials fail miserably at because they're only talking about best case scenario and so that's why creative network and getting people that are in your corner. And the best way that I've found that you do that is just by working, just work hard, do your thing. You know, you reach out to people. They may say yes, they may say no, but you keep going and you don't, you don't let that stop you from creating. Okay. Well, maybe you don't do text tracking on that video. You know, you leave it for, for, for another video, whatever, you know, you just got to keep going. But yes, having that network is, is everything. Yeah, I absolutely 100% agree. Um, My second question for you about business, what was a business decision you made that you regret? That you were like, ah, I shouldn't have done that. That was a big waste of money. That was a big waste of time. How can you speed up somebody else's learning process so they don't do it themselves? So something that I haven't mentioned on this podcast is that before my production company, I had a different LLC. Yeah. And which is the thing that actually got me into camera. It was a clothing brand and it was literally like Supreme. I don't know if you guys know what Supreme is, the brand, but it's a very popular. It just got sold for, I don't know, 2.1 billion or something. Just a little. Something like that. Um, Yeah, it just got acquired. But but yeah, it was a clothing brand. uh, brand. It was called KSSO, which is after the initials of... um, of my family members and uh, the the core values were frazzle family respect equality uh self-expression and above all love and it was all built on that and it was t-shirts and hats and sunglasses and then eventually i wanted to evolve to actual custom suits and like all these different things so then i literally before the moment that the idea came to my head i'm like giving people ndas and i'm like i'm like this is my big idea and i'm llc'ing and i'm trademarking and i'm like just pumping out all these money on all these things it doesn't even have value yet i've created zero value for this thing and i'm spending the little bit of money that i do have on fucking protecting what what am i protecting which is all that that business stuff is yes you need a a ein slash llc to be able to get a business account and things like that you definitely do but at the same time i'm not even making no money yet what do i need a business account for you know so i i would say so that was the, the literally my first learning into this whole world was through that business and i traveled to ireland i paid thousands of dollars to exhibit and do all these things and I mean, it was literally like going to me, it was like a bit like going to a master's in business. And instead of getting accredited, I just got it through this experience of doing this, um, invested like $1,500 in in all these t-shirts and things. Like 
it's just, look, I just spent way too much money on something that number one, I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. Right. And even if I researched and I did all of these things and it's just not enough, it's not enough for you to do something successful because you still don't know what you're doing. So first step, if you don't know what you're doing in business, get a business partner that does know what they're doing. You need a partner. 10 times, I mean, I feel like yeah. it's very difficult to make it on your own. You need someone to share those responsibilities. With. Or at least a business coach. Something, something. Business something. partner is better because I feel like they're more invested. They're, they have equity. They have skin in the game. If you're just hiring someone, they do not have skin in the game. Yeah. And and it takes a long time for you to turn that, that um, relationship from a business transaction to an actual friendship, which is what you need. Like uh, to me, business personal, it's all the same. And it's, it's all in the same, in the same suit. I hate the, I hate the quote. Oh, it's not, it's not personal. It's just business. And I'm like, no, no, no. Other way around. And actually it's personal because it is business. And it's even more personal because it is business because then you're messing with the food that I'm eating. So 100% get a business partner if business is not your thing. And number two, if you're don't, you haven't found that person, right? Cause it's like a marriage. So you have to hold out for the right one. You can't just, <laughs> just cause you feel a little tingly sensation inside. You have to go through wor- bad moments with this person. You have to see them at their worst to understand if that's the best, best match for you. Um, if you're not there yet or you haven't, don't have anybody like that, I would say just keep your main job or keep doing what you're doing until you start putting those pieces together. Because I'm telling you. It's better to have this main job that you hate, but you're saving money, you're acquiring knowledge, you're getting the right team in place, you're getting the right stuff in place to then execute at a very solid level that'll lead you to success rather than go in with nothing all in. You go into debt, you go into shit and and it's going to fail anyway. I'm telling you, it's going to fail. Yeah. Most businesses take three to five years to get going. And so, and you don't have enough cash flow to sustain those three or five years. Yes, with I, no clients, no knowledge, no nothing. Hundred percent agree. We, hundred percent agree. Yeah, <laughs> people ask us all the time, and that's kind of what I was talking to this guy that was asking me, like, "Hey, like, I'm trying, having trouble getting my business." I'm like, the hardest part is time, because no matter what you do, it's going to take three to five years. Mm-hmm. No matter what you do, it's going to take that long. Mm-hmm. And I think people get sold on shortcuts that don't speed up the three to five years. Yeah. Right. That You can't change it. It just, it takes that long. Yeah. And people get sold. Oh, we'll get on Yelp, buy this, do that. And it's all stuff that doesn't matter. Absolutely. So they, I, they overspend on making a logo. They overspend on making a website. Don't have a website. Go work, go produce something. Worry about the website later. Mm-hmm. Don't spend money on what nobody cares. They're going to look at your website for 10 seconds, get your contact information. They're going to call you. They're not. Don't spend hours, months working on websites. Don't spend $10,000 getting a logo. I'm on my third logo now. So the first one I spent, I spent like a hundred bucks getting it done the first time. And that was great. Right. Mm -hmm. But I see people like, you know, once it's worth it, then spend it. Once you have a cash flow to need it, Mm-hmm. Like Starbucks's logo isn't what it used to be. Mm-hmm. It's changed. It's evolved. Like I think we put so much expectations on ourselves to get started that we can't ever get started because we have this huge weight of like, well, what about in five years? Don't worry about it. Do the thing tomorrow you got to do. Don't worry about five years. You'll figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah having a business partner hurts. But, 
It hurts because I lost mine. I know. And so I was I, thinking about that when I was saying, I was like, oh my <laughs> gosh, okay. I'm so sorry, Josh. No, 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 no. It's okay. It's, it's been good. It's not been good, but um, it's been good to like reevaluate and like, what do I need? How do I want to shift? Um, it still hurts. It's never not going to hurt. No. Um, but, you know, it, it certainly transformed my business, right? Having, having Andrew for the time I did absolutely transformed what we do. Um, and I needed that. I knew I needed that because I was tapped out. I could only do as much as I was doing and there was no more room for growth because mm-hmm. there was only one of me. And I needed somebody that wasn't like me in some ways, uh, but shared the same values, mm-hmm. right? We had the same business ideas, values, and he brought to the table things that I couldn't do or not very well. Um, and so, yeah, I agree that like my business transformed with him. Um, and it's really hard, like not having him. I still talk to him, right? I still have his voice. Like, and he's like, well, what about this? What about that? Uh, cause he was a big pain in my ass too, but I love him. For it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's crazy. I didn't know about your clothing company. So what happened? What, like, what did it go under or what happened? So basically, um, I just, I tried and I did all these different things. It wasn't happening. It wasn't going, taking off as, as I wanted to then. And so my clothing brand that started in 2015, then in 2016, I'm like, I hired a videographer to do mm-hmm. my commercial. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the worst experience I had ever had ever. I mean, this dude didn't explain him anything. The process, it was my first time dealing with anything like that. Um, he got mad because I, I, I wanted to go to two locations, but he didn't tell me that a locations was a thing. Mm-hmm. Like you just didn't tell me anything. And you right. got mad and pissed when I wanted certain things mm-hmm. and then felt like you were taking advantage of or whatever, when you're not explaining anything. Mm-hmm. So just having such an awful, first experience when I gave you money that not having a whole lot. Right. And, and, um, and just that whole thing, I was just like, I'm done. So then I just picked up a camera and I was like, I'm going to do my own stuff. I'm going to do my own stuff, my own marketing. Mm -hmm. And then through that, I fell in love with, with the camera and with the process. And then I was like, okay, hold up light bulb moment. If I get really good at this, then that will give me all the money that I need for my clothing. And I can put, I can put my clothing in all these different things that I'm doing. And so that is what kicked off my filmmaking career. And that is the thing that I stuck to, um, ever since. To hell with you. I'm doing it myself. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. That's exactly how it happened. And actually my first Guinea pig, because remember you got to test, you got to test, test, you got to do, do my first Guinea pig was, um, a friend of mine and I saw him and I was like, one thing that I, that I feel like I do very well is that I can see talent. Mm -hmm. I can see the Michael Jordans before they're Michael Jordans. Like I can tell if someone's like really special and really like has that thing. Did you ever work in restaurants? I did not. I mean, very briefly enough to not to say that I did. So I did for, we call it the bounce. Okay. Like you either had the bounce or you didn't. Mine was customer service. Okay. But you still know the same thing, right? Like they either like, like bounced to everything or they didn't. I don't know. That was just our term where we worked, but like just having that, like, and and in my life now, when I find people that have that bounce, Mm -hmm. man, I hold them tight. Like I don't let them go. You can't. And imagine the best, the best. Okay. And this is what, what the hustle, my first web series was about. It was about finding those people Mm -hmm. that hadn't quote unquote made it yet, but they were like a shoe in, like they were going to make it. Like, unless you don't stop, you're going to fucking get there 100%. Mm -hmm. And so I am so obsessed with that and meeting those people and just like, 
you're part of my team, man. Let's do this. Let's go. So we call it Team Blue, right? Those people for me are like, like they're not necessarily yeah. clients and they're not necessarily like models or whatever. They're just, they're just Team Blue. And it's just this yeah. loose network of people that are like, you have it, you have it. No, yeah. you don't have it. You have it, you have it, and you don't have it. And the people that have it, we're Team Blue. Like that's that's just what I call it in my for my group. Exactly. Oh, yeah. there you go. Well, I have to find a name now for my. <laughs> that's exactly it. And and my very first endeavor was the Sanchez. Yeah, right. <laughs> the very first endeavor was this, this friend of mine, and I was like, "Look, you you can be somebody like a like a host. You can mm. be a host of a TV show." And he was like, "Okay." And I was like, "Okay, this is your name now." And I created a logo out of just sampling vector stuff online. And I gave him this whole identity. And four years later, he is one of the top Latino influencers, still using the brand that I created <laughs> for him and has it tattooed on his arm. Awesome. So, and so that's so, so, and I believe that that is, is through, you know, transcended through my experiences, through just all of that first. And then now that I found the thing to communicate through, it's just, mm-hmm. you know, even when it was crappy and you can see those videos because they're online and you're sure. gonna be like, oh my God, this is terrible. You got flies running through the screen. Like this is just, that backdrop is terrible. But you can, you can see there was always kind of something there. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I've been yeah. going through my archive lately and like going back from like 2011, 2012, just kind of going back and seeing, I actually just wrote about this on our Patreon. Um, talking about some of my biggest creative failures mm. um, and like divorcing myself from the idea of what the photo had to look like in my head to being okay with what I was actually mm. presented with and and doing. Um, and I tell this whole story on, on the blog, but basically it came down to like, I, I put a bunch of money into this one shoot and the whole thing went sideways mm. and I had promised a lot of things with a lot of people. It was a fun shoot. It was there was no client, but I mean, I was my own client, um, but I was like, the models were there and we had florists and we had like all these different moving pieces. And I was like, it's going to look like this. It's going to look like this day of, they didn't look like that. It took me six months before I could look at the photos to even, to even look at them wow. because I was so mad at the vision in my head versus what I got. Mm. And learning that painful lesson and building up that scar tissue of it's never going to be what's in your head. It's never going to be exactly as you saw it. Mm-hmm. So embrace what you have, embrace what you got, because that was the day that was the time to get that. Mm-hmm. And once it's over, it's over. You can set up another shoot, but you can never go back. And to be okay with what you get and to embrace what you have instead of trying to pigeonhole it into something it's not. Number one, I love two things there. One, the fact that like what we have in our vision is not even real. Mm-hmm. Like, so literally what kind of expectation is that? That literally doesn't even exist. It could be the most craziest thing. So that's wild. And then the second thing, you just gave me a new word for my vocabulary, building up scar tissue. Yeah. That's a beautiful way to put it. Do you know why I use that? This why? Is a funny story. So my mom had a melanoma, I don't know, 30 years ago. Um, so she has like an eight inch scar on her knee. Mm. She's fine. Um, and she always told me, she goes, you know, most people would try to hide that scar and she never did. And she goes, why would I hide scar tissue is the toughest skin on your body. Once it's scar tissue, you can't hurt it anymore. (gasps) Okay. All right. So like you have to have, like, if you're a cook, right. If you're a chef, if you're a chef and you don't have any burns on your hands or wrists, Mm -hmm. I don't trust you. 
Because that means you never made a mistake. That means you're not very good. Oh my gosh, that's the same thing with camera equipment. If the camera equipment looks, looks too shiny, yes, you never use it. <laughs> yeah, my, my gear's all beat up. I call them dentist photos, mm. right? Everything's pristinely packaged. They go out to these amazing places and they take technically perfect photos that don't say anything. Mm-hmm. No offense to dentists, that's just my phrase. Um, just that they have disposable income, but they don't have that that vision to to. Cr- they're not saying anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're just telling somebody else's joke. Yeah. Right. They're just repeating something Chris Rock said, right. Where Chris Rock had to live that experience to tell that story. Yeah. Right. They're, they're just being a second rate version of somebody else. Not, yeah. not telling their authentic story. And that's why story is king because the other thing, and this is another tip is that even if you're not technically good, Someone that knows what's up, that's on team blue or your team, whatever, it's part of your tribe is going to always see the possibility. And to people that are already at that level, they know that technical stuff that can be taught really easily, but actually transmitting a message and a story and something that actually conveys an emotion, that is the thing that cannot be taught. Technical skills overrated. Correct. Because at some point it just becomes... Uh, I don't know quite the way to say it, but technical skill is just, it's like reading a dictionary. Whereas communicating a story is like writing a poem, Mm -hmm. right? They're both using words and you might consult a dictionary to, to write your poem, but it's, can you take words and do something with them? Mm -hmm. Right. I can teach you all the technical skills you want, Mm -hmm. But if you never stack those bricks and stack those skills together to build a wall, you're just a brick maker. And there's no, there's not as much value in that as there is in creating a building or a wall or a monument or something, right? Unless you can, unless you figure out how to do something with those technical skills, it's just, it's just research. Mm-hmm. It's just research until you do something with it. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's just gas in the tank with no transmission. <laughs> You're right. going nowhere. Uh, yeah, you, you filled up your gas tank, but where are you going? Where are you taking it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. All right, well, we're all in there. That's as we get deep on everything. Oh my gosh. I know, um, right? Chris, thank you so much for, for sharing your time with me today. First of all, I, I appreciate that so much, probably more than you'll ever know. Um, two, uh, send me all your stuff and we'll post links so people can get to you. Um, three, thanks to all my patrons who make all this. Happen so patreon.com slash azul ox a z u l o x. Um, this is where this episode will premiere first. Um, yeah, it's been going great, we've been growing and doing stuff. Um, and yeah, you know, I hope this will come up before Christmas. So, you know, I hope you'll have a safe holiday. I hope you're with a very few people that matter um, to you and that you can share love and hope with each other. So, Chris, anything else you want to say as a goodbye? Just stay creating. Awesome. All right. Well, this has been episode 16 of the Make, Make, Make podcast. You can find us on Spotify and iTunes. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day.